0: Welcome to Festival Vendor, the podcast where we share the inside story on the world of festival vending and traveling. Join us as we talk to fellow vendors, festival goers, and insiders to learn about the challenges and rewards of vending around the country. From local craft markets to large renaissance fairs, we'll explore the ins and outs of running a successful vending business on the road and loving every minute. So sit back, relax, and be inspired by the stories of those who have made the leap into the exciting world of festival vending and travel. I'm your host, Raven, and today we're going to examine some of the factors that will help you determine what kind of events you'd like to participate in, themed events or non-themed. Let's begin with the allure of themed events like Renaissance festivals or medieval fairs. These events transport attendees to a different era, offering a unique and immersive experience, and I will start today's podcast by admitting that I am a little biased here. I really love Renaissance festivals. I grew up attending them, and so they have a really special place in my heart. Generally, themed events have a distinct charm and ambiance that attract a dedicated niche audience. Attendees are often passionate about the theme, and they're eager to engage with vendors, offering products relevant to the era, fostering a sense of community, and authenticity. This is a huge advantage to vendors who can share in this passion. The more dedication to the theme you're willing to demonstrate, the more a part of the imagined world you will be. This is the experience people look for when they attend a themed event. This is why so many people wear the costumes and pretend to have accents and use fun themed pseudonyms when they arrive. The more a part of that world that you're willing to be, the more success you'll have. And speaking of success, themed festivals and fairs tend to draw enthusiasts who are willing to spend more on authentic and period-specific goods, contributing to higher average spending per attendee. Themed events provide vendors with a platform to showcase specialized, artisanal, or historically accurate products to customers who are looking for exactly one specific or a specific few narrow markets. The same is true of those who identify with certain fandoms. If you make products that utilize popular genres like fantasy or anime or science fiction, the likelihood is that you will find your target customers at a themed event. The exclusivity and uniqueness of these offerings usually resonate deeply with attendees who are looking for one-of-a-kind items. And while it may seem like this unique environment may limit the number of products you can successfully vend, that's not true. Another great thing about themed events is that it allows you a lot of room to make creative shifts. For example, soap or jewelry or pottery or candle vendors may need no adjustments. These are things that have been around for hundreds of years. But what if you sell crochet or stuffed animals? The right tent decor and some new signage can turn Jane's Crochet into the king's stuffy shop. I used to vend with a couple who sold these really delicious roasted pecans. And they were called Pecans by Karen when they did non themed events. And when they did do themed events, they became Ye Old Pecan Shop. And it really can be that easy. There's also a lot to be said for the community of vendors at themed events. You're more likely to find expert craftsmen, many of whom have skills that have been passed down over generations. I love to watch the blacksmiths in particular. I always try to visit the Society of Creative Anachronism whenever we vend with them too, which is often, because I learned so much about history from that amazing group of dedicated people. In my experience, there are a greater number of vendors at themed events that have years and years of wisdom and guidance that they are more than willing to share. There is a sense of dedication to the festival community that I believe is born from the festival itself. It's easy to imagine yourself as part of a small village in a far-flung country where everyone around you completes that puzzle. Themed festivals are generally held in large, open, grassy areas, so everyone erects their tents together, you build this little village together, you can hear the blacksmith banging hot metal at the forge, there are bagpipes and dulcimers in the distance, if you're close enough to the jousting ring, you can hear the clang of swords. And even if you aren't close enough, you can almost always hear the roar of the crowd when the knights do battle. When themed festivals are done right, the experience is really immersive, and people can and do lose themselves in suspended disbelief, and there is a real freedom and joy that comes with that. On the flip side, participating in mainstream events like holiday festivals or regional celebrations presents its own set of advantages. Mainstream events attract a broader and more diverse audience, including families, tourists, and locals. These events have broader appeal, catering to a wider range of interests and demographics. Furthermore, mainstream events often have a more general and inclusive atmosphere, allowing vendors to showcase a broader array of products appealing to a wider customer base. This flexibility in product offerings can attract impulse buyers and customers who are seeking general merchandise. It's also far easier to participate in these events, since there are generally few specific requirements. Many large events do require vendors to have white tents that meet fire safety standards, at least once we've been required to have a fire extinguisher also, so something to consider. General professional behavior and appearance are expected, but there are few regulations beyond that. Many regional events and holiday shows are also held inside, which can be the best thing about them. The atmosphere is less formal and more casual, so you get to wear whatever you want to be comfortable, which is a lot better most of the time than having to wear a corset. And other than adding holiday or event-specific decor, few changes would need to be made for your business to go from event to event. Really successful non-themed events also require an entry fee, so you often have customers who are just as eager to leave with hands full instead of with empty ones. Another advantage of mainstream events is their sheer number. There may only be one pirate festival and one medieval fair every year where you live, but there might be 50 different craft shows, holiday markets, and regional fairs every single year. Limiting yourself to themed events, especially if you don't have the ability to travel widely, could kill your business before you even get started. However, there are challenges that vendors face in both type of events. Themed events may have limitations regarding product offerings, as vendors are often required to align their merchandise with the event's theme. And this restriction can be challenging for vendors with diverse product lines. I also want to point out that for many large Renaissance and medieval fairs, if they are held in a static location every year and there are buildings, with those sorts of events, just getting in can be very, very difficult. Some of the largest Renaissance festivals in the country require you to buy a building. They don't even allow space for pop up tents and things like that. Additionally, the niche nature of themed events might result in smaller overall attendance compared to mainstream events, which could potentially limit the market reach for vendors. Now, much of this can be mitigated by creative marketing and adjustments, but the fact remains that if you sell chainmail armor or Victorian hats, your target market is smaller than if you sold soap or blankets. Another thing that can limit you as a vendor when participating in themed events is the cost to get in the door. I mean, for the customer as well as for the vendor. Of all the themed events that we do, only one is free to the public and all of the others require tickets. So when ticket sales drop, for whatever reason, your sales are likely to drop too. Now, I would argue that entry fees can be a boon for vendors at these kinds of events, too, because usually if somebody spends money on tickets to get into a festival, they will spend money on something inside the festival, too. Free events, they just tend to draw a lot of looky-loos who prefer to just window shop, so to speak. No one wants to pay $15 a ticket to just look. That's just human nature. But, and here's another but, that isn't always true. The one free themed event that we do every year is also one of the largest in the country. And so when several hundred thousand people attend and it's a well-balanced festival, chances are that you're gonna have just as many opportunities to make money as you would at a festival where 10,000 people attend and pay $20 at the gate. So this really can come down to the quality of the festival itself. And they do require period-specific tents and costuming. Depending on the size of these events, These requirements can be strictly upheld. Many of the largest Renaissance festivals in the country, for example, do not allow visible piercings or tattoos on their vendors. You must also avoid using as many anachronistic things as you can. So while you can, of course, use an iPad and a square system for point of sale, you're required to put such things away when you're finished with your transaction. Uh, You can't wear a smartwatch. You have to leave speakers hidden if you're going to use them. You can't just wear a down coat with zippers when it's cold. Your costume has to be period-specific, and your tent must also match the theme. Some Renaissance festivals limit the number of pop-ups every year, too, and rely on permanent structures and professionally crafted period tents, so even if you have a pop-up that you're able to disguise effectively, they may require a canvas tent instead, and most of those start around $2,000. These rules can present a financial burden for some getting started, especially if you're already participating in events that don't have such restrictions. But before you get too discouraged, let me tell you that most of the themed events these days are getting pretty lax about these rules. Now, personally, I think this is a real shame. The model that these festivals have followed for years is what has allowed them to create these spaces of suspended belief where so many people have found joy. Themed events thrive on the idea that if you pay money to get in, you'll be transported back in time to a world of living history. They help support arts and crafts that have been the backbone of society for generations and honestly are in danger of disappearing. If vendors and organizers are committed to that and to the continued success of the festival, it seems to me that finding another pair of shoes other than sneakers to wear when you're vending is a small price to pay. For those of us who do commit, who make sure that we are in appropriate costume and that our tent looks as period as it can, it can be really discouraging when others aren't willing to contribute to the overall success of the event, especially when we're all paying the same vendor fees. We recently participated in one of our recurring Renaissance festivals. We do it every year. We have for several years. And the management of the event was new this year. And we were honestly really discouraged with what we saw. The fees went up, which is to be expected with the economy, I suppose. But the number of new vendors was also really high, and a great many of them did not follow the theme requirements at all. Pop-ups did not have metal beams hidden. Vendors were in nominal costuming if they were in costume at all. Signage was not reflective of the Renaissance theme. In short, the Renaissance Festival started to look a lot like a craft show instead. Sales were down this year for many of the vendors that I spoke to, and many of those who have been vending there for years were really frustrated and not planning to return. Now, I'm not saying that if you want to vend at a RenFest, you need a $3,000 Underhill tent and a $300 costume from Damsel in the Stress. Not at all. But the effort should be real. Our home fair doesn't make any fuss if our electric fans are out on hot days, nor are they sticklers about every inch of aluminum on a pop-up. The organizer won't blink if we eat off paper plates and drink from plastic cups instead of wooden ones. But the level of expectation is clear because the majority of us really care about the success of the festival. And we know that success comes from creating a 16th century English village in the middle of the Midwest. So we all follow expectations as best we can. Lastly, if you plan to vent at themed events, be prepared to meet some real characters. If you aren't comfortable with some level of engagement with people's bigger-than-life personalities, then consider yourself warned. The nature of themed events and that sense of play-pretend means that the proportional number of people drawn to the dramatic increases. This goes for both customers and fellow vendors. The overall demographic for these events is different from mainstream ones, and it's a vital element to keep in mind. Also, mainstream events can be highly competitive with numerous vendors offering similar products. Standing out in a crowded market can be a significant challenge for vendors aiming to capture attendees' attention. Of course, a great event coordinator can make all the difference. And again, in my opinion, you are more likely to contend with poor show balance at a regional craft show or a holiday festival. My assessment of why this is comes right back to what a themed event is trying to achieve versus what a non-themed show is trying to achieve. Both are trying to make money. Both seek to present a varied shopping experience. Both seek to provide unique entertainment. But the additional goal of creating a historically or thematically specific space that is set apart from day-to-day life adds a level of planning and execution that is not present at a regional craft fair. Craft fairs aren't burdened in this way. So accepting more vendors is far easier and simultaneously vending there is much easier. All you need is a tent, tables, products, and yourself. There are, of course, rules and regulations, but the barrier to entry is far easier to overcome. However, the general nature of these events might lead to lower spending per customer, as attendees might prioritize the event experience over making significant purchases. Again, think of how easy it is to window shop or just stop to listen to a band if those things were free in the first place. Both themed events and mainstream events offer unique opportunities and challenges for vendors. Themed events provide a specialized audience seeking authenticity and niche products, while mainstream events offer broader reach and diverse customer demographics. Ultimately, the choice between themed events and mainstream ones depends on a vendor's product line, target audience, and business goals. That wraps up our exploration of themed events versus mainstream events. We hope this debate has provided valuable insights to our fellow vendors navigating the diverse landscape of festival vending. Until next time, happy vending, and we'll see you at the fair.